0: The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6pm, Cork's Red FM.
1: You're very welcome along to The Big Red Bench this Saturday evening. Obviously, this show is not exactly going to be a fun one. Cork City are relegated to the First Division after last night's defeat to Waterford in the playoffs. We'll hear from manager Richie Holland and myself and Rory O'Hagan did our best to try and make sense of it all and see where do Cork City go from here uh, plenty of action elsewhere in the Premier League and also Porky Quee for Newsonstown are playing Dauhanes in the Senior A final we'll have a look at that it's a close one Newsonstown just leading by point at the moment uh, we'll also hear from Adele Thornton speaking ahead of tomorrow's women's Euro basket qualifier all of that and more to come between here and 7pm You're listening to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock 0868 104 106 if you want to get in touch with us or at Big Red Bench on Twitter. Um, yeah, well, last night was a tough one. Uh, Waterford 2, Cork City 1 um, and Cork City relegated to the 1st Division. For uh, the second time in three years, and uh, look, we'll, we'll we'll jump into it in a little bit. First of all, we, we'll go through today's action, and uh, like I said, the uh, the big one at Parky Cueve at the moment. Uh, it's into the second half. It's Newsome Town leading Darnies eight points to seven in the bon Secures Senior A Football Championship Final. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that one as it progresses. Plenty of action in the Premier League as well today, of course. Um, Arsenal move uh, level on points with Man City at the top of the league after beating Burnley 3-1 uh, Boss Arteta says they had to be patient before finding the breakthrough It's true that they defended uh, really well I think we attacked really well as well and um, I think overall with what we've
2: done in the game we, we deserve to win the game
1: they also climbed above North London rivals Tottenham, who were stunned by two stoppage time goals and the two undefeated Wolves. And once again, Chelsea have absolutely destroyed Tottenham Hotspur's season. Every year, no matter how good or bad Tottenham or Chelsea are, chelsea if, if Chelsea were, were bottom of the table, they'd still find a way to just ruin Tottenham's season. But last Monday night has absolutely decimated Spurs. They're done. I honestly think they're going to struggle to finish top 4 now I, I can just see the slide continuing the injuries, suspensions and just Ange is a bit of a maverick isn't he um, so I don't know I, I honestly I wouldn't be surprised if they just slid now uh, because two defeats in a row like this was a tough one as well against Wolves you know, uh, you never know what's going to happen with them. Uh, they need to get all their players back as fast as they can. Though James Madison's a massive one if he's uh, out for an extended period. Uh, Man United secured a narrow one 0 win over Luton. Uh, Cheetos Yogi Benny was brilliant on the wing for um, for Luton. Uh, to be fair to him, uh, fantastic game. I'd swap him in a heartbeat for Ashford. Uh, to be quite honest, he he did really really well and United scoring the winner through uh, Victor Lindelof. Uh, th- it was a bit of a, yeah, it was a tough one for United to, to eke out. And uh, just after what they've got, like the Copenhagen game on Wednesday night, just, whoa, what was that? Uh, Everton hedged a five-goal thriller for Crystal Palace 3-2. Uh, the late game sees Eddie Howe return to his old club with uh, Newcastle away to Bournemouth. And let's get a quick uh, score update on how that one is going. After 34 minutes, it's Bournemouth nil, Newcastle 0. Uh, Galway teenager Alex Murphy is on the bench for the Magpies this evening. And uh, also as well, Cotter Leffernan scoring in midweek uh, for the under-21s uh, at Newcastle as well. Uh, Rob Leffernan, of, of course, a friend of the show, his, uh, his young fellow over there um, at Cork City. Academy graduate. Uh, The final day of the SSC Airtricity Women's Premier Division uh, season is coming to a close. Tough one for Cork City today, a week out from their cup final, Shelburne came to town and beat Cork City 5-1 thanks to a double from Christy Gray. Uh, Bohemians beat Treaty United 1-0, uh, the other cup final, Athlone came from 4-1 down to draw 4 all with Shamrock Rovers and Talla. Uh, Champions Beamount finally get their hands on the trophy this evening uh, after their home game to Sligo which is just underway and they're midway through the second half with uh, oh, sorry it is underway now Yeah, they're midway through the second half now Piemont leading 5-0 uh, Jesus that is dominant isn't it Galway United lead Wexford Utes 3-0 late on there uh, and Rugby Connacht's unbeaten start to the newer URC season will be put to the test this evening they go away to Edinburgh it's their first away game of the season that kicks off at 25-8 uh, Edinburgh have uh, 11 of 15 are, are uh, international players there and they're heading for half time in the two games that kicked off at a quarter past five Osprey's lead Glasgow 7-0 at home Scarlet's 10-7 up on the lines and earlier today Benetton got the better of Stormers 20 points to 17 it's a big win for Benetton last night Ulster beating Munster Munster didn't score after the, the, the first quarter of the game I think was it 20 points to 14 in the end Munster just getting the bonus point in golf Fiona McGuire has a mountain to climb on day 3 of the Anakat tournament on the LPGA Tour the Kevin woman uh, shot a level par round of 70 today leaves her 2 under for the week and 12 shots off the lead Denmark's Emily Peterson has a 2 stroke advantage at the top of the leaderboard and 14 under par I think it's the the top 12 in the world that are play that uh, tournament if I'm not mistaken um, it's day one of the Grand Slam of Darts which is taking place in Wolverhampton for man as Brendan Dolan opened his campaign with a 5-3 loss to Andrew Gilding in Group F Josh Rock picked up a win in his opening Group B game uh, he beat Chris 5-2 uh, fellow Northern Irish man Nathan Rafferty was well beaten by Garwin Price 5-1 Carlos Steve Lennon kicks off his tournament against Group C rival Luke Humphreys in one of the leg games it's the first of five legs in all of those in group stages uh, in racing. Then Irish jockey Graham Lee remains in intensive care after suffering a neck injury in a fall last night. The Galway native was unseated from his mount as the stalls opened for the twenty to five at Newcastle. He was taken to Royal Victorian Infirmary in and is undergoing further tests today to assess the extent of his injury. Um, Graham Lee, Grand National winner in two thousand and four, I believe. Um yeah, hopefully he can uh, pull through that. Um elsewhere today, of course, the uh Bon Secure Senior A football final is ongoing at Parky Quive. In the Munster Junior Club football quarterfinal earlier today, Kilmurray beat Sean Tracy's of Tipperary two sixteen to one six. And uh, that should get us up to date with uh, everything local at least for now. And uh, yeah, time to dive in now too. Last night, um Dan Casey of uh, Off the Ball was there. Uh, for us, he was speaking to Richie Holland afterwards. Uh, we'll hear Dan one on one with Richie first, and then we'll hear Richie speaking to the uh, the wider media afterwards.
3: here was uh, Richie Holland after City's defeat to Watford in uh, the play- playoff relegation final. Um, Richie, your emotions right now? I'm
2: devastated, devastated. Dan, it's, um, it's heartbreaking, you know. And you see the reaction at the end from the fans and. I understand it You know, I understand it as a Corkman and we're all proud. You know, of where we're from and our club and all the rest of it. But look, tonight wasn't good enough.
3: Been a bit of a debate the season. Is it because people aren't good enough,
4: or is it because the players aren't putting in the effort?
2: Uh, I can't. I can't. Can't say players haven't been putting in the effort. You know, they've. You know, it's probably a mixture of lack of experience and sometimes lack of quality in games. You know, and stuff like that. You know, you see when they are performing at you know, high level they, they were a match for teams in the division but over over a consistent period we couldn't put the runs together or
3: anything like that you know yeah yeah. going into next year do you expect to be in charge is that something you've even thought about
2: no no look I've I've uh, I came in late late in the day and you know it was um, it was a decision I made for the love of the club and I brought in lads that I knew care about the club and you know they 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 died for the short when they played and you know I see the emotion there before the match and, and after the match from 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 the staff as well I I feel sorry for all them because they've put in everything and like myself you know I've, I've given it everything and ultimately it's not good enough.
3: Talk about sacrifices you've made. Being back home, your loved ones. Today I reached out now at the moment.
2: Dan, you know, I haven't even put on my phone to be honest. I'm, I'm that good, at it, you know? You know? I, I don't know. I even coming out here speaking is. I'm taking, I'm taking everything really, like you know, because, like, I know I have to do it. I'm the I'm one that's the face of it, and as I said first day is that I have to take the flack for, for my decisions and so on. But it's just a, just a dark night, dark night for the club and dark night for the history of the football club. And I just hope that decisions are made that we can, um, we can bounce straight back up and, and build on, because I was part of the, the management team last year. That won the division first division and you really hope that things would have kicked on it hasn't so look there's big decisions to be made the decisions by the owner the management That's nothing like the, man, like the, the structure at the hierarchy the club need to make decisions now and who's the manager first of all and the background team and all the rest of it and what players are staying what players are going and who they're bringing in because you know, Johnson, it's, it's, a, it's a massive off-season now for us like okay Therese, thanks very much cheers thank you uh, Started the game was very poor, very poor. to start the game well at all. Waterford um, were a much better side. Um, grew, grew back into the game and created a few chances and all that. And was happy to go in half time. Obviously with Keith's with his injury as well and stuff that we had to we had to hold off the half time to make the change because that would give us an extra change in the second oh, half. Yeah. Stuff like that because we we're after meeting to too early. So like normally you'd pull them there, like mm. but you, we couldn't. Um, it was just one of those. Is that. It was time to assess him at half-time and he wasn't he wasn't right to come on come on the second half and stuff like that. So that gives us two changes then. And that was the the top that I thought I didn't start the second half, I did okay. We won a lot, we said we need to manage the game. We didn't, you Look, we were, we were we were poor. The performance was poor, and talking to the lads inside afterwards and saying, it's that like, you know fans travelling their numbers, people come to watch you play and stuff, and on a big occasion, yeah, he didn't show up. Look, I'm I'm part of that as well, the staff are part of that, but look, it's a dark day for the club. The fans weren't sort of shy about letting people know how they felt afterwards as well, I mean, that's, that's tough, I suppose, as well, too. I understand it. I understand I, I I keep saying like I am one of them, like, you know, I understand it. like it's, they travel, they're so passionate about this club, like and the way things have gone this season isn't good enough, do you know, and I'm standing here in front of you know, with the cameras and all that, like but there's been a lot leading into what happened what's after happening tonight, you know, and Kills, kills myself and, and, and the staff inside there, you know. I, I would say it kills a lot of the boys inside there, but maybe not all of them, I don't know. I don't know, I just, I don't know. You know, it's, um, as you say, it's, uh, it's a desperate night for the club, and it's going to be hard to bounce back now. And, you know, I suppose I've been beating the drum for the last four or five weeks with the connection between the fans and uh, the players and all the rest of it. And, See the end of there tonight. Like it's it's hard to hard to to, to stand there and watch that. But I like, can understand it. What do you think
3: happened when you woke up late?
2: The occasion, yeah. I, no, I wouldn't say the occasion. I just I just think we didn't perform. Like right? you know, just like Conor kind of training comes off. He's not feeling well. you know? Like comes off 15 minutes in. He's, he you know, he started the game and the next thing he's he's saying that he doesn't feel well, like you know, and then craft Kravchuk pulls up then with an injury and like you're two two subs down straight away and you're you're up against the back foot straight away then, like, you know what I mean? And the, like in terms of our performance, it's just not good enough. It's just not good enough. We can't control games with the football. You know? And that's why he came in and started and I've been focused on defend, defending and then when we get into that position, that winning position, that's the most disappointing thing part guy. for me is that we can't defend that one on lead, you know? No, look, it was great finish by the boy there and, and all that, but, again, there's a couple of phases leading up to that. We should be better, like, do you know? Did you fear this was coming from what you are seeing in training, or was this a shock? No, like, if you fear, it's, it's coming. You fear that's coming, you know, down the line, you know, as in from, from the season itself and all, all the rest of it, like, you know? probably knew myself when I came in is that, I was always going to be involved in this game. Like, you know, I only looked at the fixture list when I came in and took over, and all the rest of it, yes, performance has improved, yes, there was a bit more fight, but that's the minimum for this club, like, you know? It is, like, you know, and... It's going to take a long time for me to get over this as well, like, I've put my heart and soul into this and, you know, sacrificed everything, you know, family, everything for this, like, and it's 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 not good enough. As
0: say that, you no know, it's, it's it's immediately after the game, but, like, you are saying, it's killing some of the players, but not all of them, Is like, is that... Suggestion that sort of character
2: has been an issue with no, like No, well, I'm not throwing anyone under the bus there. Character is an issue. Like, you look at it, like, we're, we're lacking experience in the team, like, we have been all season, like, and probably we had an opportunity to fix that during the season when we didn't. Like, you know, we brought in players that, yeah, technically good and all the rest of it and, and all that, but like, I don't know, it, it took them time to, to get up to speed and all the rest of it. So, look, it's as I keep saying, it's it's a it's a horrible, horrible, horrible day for the club. You know?
4: Where do you think the club goes from here?
2: We have, we have to rebuild. I mean, we've done it before. We'll have to do it again. Do you know, it's um like for me, it's it's like I was a part of the the management team last year, and and we got up and, and all the rest of it. I just thought then for the club that we kick on, but we haven't we've gone back down again. So, do you know, big decisions have to be made in the next few weeks. That's not to do with me, but other people have to make those decisions, and look, they have to be the right ones. And is that like there's no danger going that, is with I Don't think so. Well, I haven't been told that or anything. I don't think so. But you know, it comes down to it tonight. Is that they looked to me that Waterford had an extra gear in us tonight in, in the game, and I did. For me, I don't know why that was, and, and all that came into one game we didn't perform. Do you know, I feel sorry for, for. I feel sorry for the staff. They put everything into it. Do you know, they've, they've they've rode in with me and all the rest of it. But ultimately, you know, we got on the bus tonight and we're, we're first division club again.
1: Rory O'Hagan is on the line for the call that we've been dreading for a couple of months now. Uh, Cork City relegated to the first division for the second time in three years lost last night to Waterford 2-1 in the relegation promotion playoff at Tallis Stadium Rory just a bad night for, for football in Cork and obviously
0: for, for the club do I have to talk about it? like genuinely are you, are you making me talk about this right now? genuinely Yes, uh, do I you, have to talk about it. You do get paid to talk about it, so I am <laughs> bringing out I'm the day off today I'm not getting paid <laughs> uh, Come here, that was just heartbreaking, buddy. Um, it was, I'm not sure if you've ever watched a game where you felt sick for the entire duration of the game. Um, and that's how I felt heading into kick-off last night, that's how I felt throughout the first nervy 45 minutes, that's how I felt throughout the second half, that's how I felt throughout extra time. It was just heartbreaking stuff to witness. Um, Corks had even relegated. Um, It was always a a possibility given their poor form throughout the, the season, which we'll probably get into over the next couple of minutes and they were beaten last night by Waterford side who deserved to win and that's basically what it boils down to Waterford were better than Cork City last night and therefore they are playing Premier Division football next season and for Cork City it's back to the Discover Ireland League of Ireland first division which is a hard division to get out of it's not a great division to be in Um, and it's not going to be a lot of fun for Cork City next season they have big plans uh, with their new owner Um, those plans are going to have to be recalibrated and focus now is going to be getting Cork City back into the Premier Division, where uh, as soon as possible, because they are too big a club to be in the first division. They're on. They're in the first division because they were uh, poor there. The football they played was poor. The results they got this season were poor. The players that were there, arguably very very poor. The performance they put in across the course of the season, not just last night, but across the course of the season, poor very very poor and last I just summed it up a lot of players were missing a lot of players just didn't want to know about it and therefore um, Cork City got relegated and as a Cork City fan it is incredibly upsetting um, especially uh, considering how hard Cork City had to fight to get back into the Premier Division after they were relegated as you said a couple of years yeah. back two seasons in the First Division Colin Healy got them back in there and then whatever happened with Colin this season and all went pear-shaped and Cork City have paid the price for for not replacing and now they're back in the first division it's going to be very interesting to see where the club goes from here
1: yeah I suppose just, just to look at the game first like we'll dive into obviously what might happen now but to look at the game itself, it just started horrendously, really for Cork City, didn't it? Like there was players going down the front and centre. Like <laughs> he nearly lost the goalie. Obviously, uh, look at the end of the day, r- losing Rory Keating at half time, and he, well, he was basically lost about twenty minutes in. Like when he picked up whatever injury he had, like that was that was the the killer blow. Like it must, it felt like at that stage, until Keane Coleman's goal, that it was never going to be Cork City's night. Um, just losing someone like him who can get a goal out of anywhere your top scorer in, in the league and giant top scorer in, in the Premier Division all year and I suppose that the most gutting thing about it is it's most likely the last time we ever see Rory Keating play in a Cork City
0: jersey would, would you say? Uh, I would think so he's too good a player to be playing in the first division uh, he was Cork City shining light by several miles this season he's probably one of the few players that can hold the up sides. I uh, gave at all last night that was epitomised by the fact that when he went down last night with that uh, what looked like an arm kind of uh, injury arm shoulder injury after that challenge by Phillips the ball was out of play by the way when Phillips pushed Keating to the ground but that's neither here nor there Um Keating decided he wanted to play on and you could see he his hand was pretty much like it was in a sling as yeah. he tried to, to continue for the next seven or eight minutes um, and that epitomised the, the work rate and the desire and the tenacity of Rory Keating it's been a pleasure watching him play for Cork City so you'd only wished that the players around him were, were better that the team around him were better uh, and they were better equipped to, to, to show off Rory Keating's uh, exceptional skills because he's a quality number nine he's a quality striker he works incredibly hard the heartbreak he endured earlier this season to come back from that and to to, to continue to score goals to continue to give everything for his club speaks finally to him as a person he's far too good to be at uh, Cork City next season and I have no doubt he is uh, going to be playing Premier Division football next season his injury was disappointing it was kind of bad luck for Cork City across the course of the evening Corner Dryden who didn't look fit from the get-go something looked really. It's something just didn't look right with Conor Dryden from the start, and then he was withdrawn. And Kravchuk uh, picks up a hamstring injury, fouling a Waterford player, trying to stop a counter-attack, which kind of sums up the night that Cork City had. So you're down three of your starting 11 um, through injury uh, in the opening 45 minutes. Um, second half, I thought Cork City were a bit better. They took a, a nice goal from King uh, Coleman, a lovely header, big towering header yeah. from Cain Coleman. But after that... Um, I was like I was just saying to the lads I was like watch now Cork team will sit deeper 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 deeper." and And, uh, they invited Waterford on to them uh, which was uh, very disappointing but uh, take nothing away from that incredible goal for Parsons last night that Connor Parsons goal like all you could do was applaud it. it was an absolutely terrific strike Uh, and then that sinking feeling my stomach got worse I was like oh no oh no oh no oh no oh no and of uh, course it's extra time then and you're like right who fancies this and you're taking right Corks and you have to fancy this Waterford yeah. went to extra time against Cobra Rambler's last Saturday night on an incredibly heavy pitch it's obviously going to sap the life out of them, and Waterford just controlled it and went ahead uh, through Ronan Coughlin's Amazingly calm penalty. It was one of the best penalties I think I've ever seen yeah. at yeah. any level of the game. Like with a lot of pressure on his shoulders, just stacked up. But to casually just stroke it past uh, Brooks last night uh, was just a thing of beauty. Uh, it was a cracking, cracking penalty. Debate rages as to whether or not it was a penalty. I think Coughlin did very, very well to engineer it. Yeah. I think that's yeah. what you want from your centre forward. I think you want to be engineering contact like that. To so give the referee something to think about. He certainly gave the referee something to think about. And it was, the referee saw it as a penalty. It can't argue with it. Uh, like from a Cork City fan's perspective, I'm going to say. It's soft, uh, but referee David McGrath pointed to the spot, and you can't argue with it. Uh, Coughlin got uh, well; it was uh, Coleman just got on the wrong side of him.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely soft like what I will say though even if we had VAR last night which it was actually really refreshing to watch a game without VAR interrupting yeah, it wasn't it? but uh, I think even if there was VAR last night I don't think they would have been able to overturn it because there was yeah, I, yeah I agree just yeah, it would
0: be an obvious uh, referee yeah. error uh, is what it was and yeah look it's a penalty and Cottlin's engineer, he's won the penalty in fair play. Jay's Kibia had a chance to go down late in extra time. Um, similar thing, fell contact in the box, could have gone down. Very similar situation to Cotland would have been a penalty. Didn't go down, stayed up. He was missed, um, and that's why Corksley didn't get a chance to take question spot but I gotta say, Ronan we what was that? His 36 thirty seventh goal of the season last night. Thirty-six, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely incredible stuff from him. Um, he's an absolutely class act, and uh, he's going to be back in the Premier Division next season. Former Corksley. Stryker, of course himself um so it was obviously a fire up play against his former side but yeah I just thought he did very very well to earn that penalty I was upset it was given of course I am a Cork City fan but you got to look at it you say that's that's exceptional centre forward play um gosh uh, the wrong side of Keane Coleman from Cork City perspective referee saw contact Coughlin went down referee pointed at the spot Coughlin wasn't even on the floor when the referees pointed at the spot yeah fair play around Coughlin yeah yeah no
1: absolutely look um yeah, it's just one of those nights where it, Cork City just could not couldn't get uh, anything to go for them. Um, look, they'll forever rue the fact that they were 1-0 up and, and couldn't hold on to it. Like, now I suppose the attention turns to the fact that Cork City are heading into the first division. Um, they have The memory will be fresh at least of, of what they did uh, last season and the season before to try and engineer their, their way out of it. It's just such a dangerous place to be though Like we see with Galway United They finally went up this year But it took them long enough You know Like it's not an easy place
0: To get back out of no, it's horrible. Um, we saw that with Cork City. First division is not pleasant. Um, and it's a very, very tough to get out of because there's, it's going to be very competitive uh, next season. Um, a lot of things will be building. Cove Ramblers are, are, are going to be right there. They're going to be um, looking to, to, to go up next season after getting to the playoff uh, final in the first division. UCD are always going to be strong. They'll be looking coming back up. 39 uh, will be there. And then you've got Cork City. Where does this leave Cork City? Um, who's going to stay and who's going to go be like... There's The Bones were a very good first division squad there for Cork This it's the squad that got promoted. Um, you could argue that it was still a first division squad this year yeah. uh, and that's why they struggled in the Premier Division. Um, when Colin Healy left the did a ring about replacing him I suppose the argument there being who's there to replace him um, but not having a direct replacement for, for Colin Healy early this season and I suppose what happened with Liam Botley coming in as uh, director of football and temporary manager uh, was uh, not ideal. And then Richie coming in for the last couple of games of the season as they try and turn things around. It was just all over the shop for Cork City from the managerial perspective. This year, Richie Holland gave his best passionate Cork man, passionate Cork City fan. Uh, couldn't turn things around for Cork City, unfortunately. Um, and you could see just how disappointed he was last night. when, yeah. And he's made, he made some very like interesting comments to, to Dan Casey last night who was covering the game for us when he said um I'm gutted. The staff are gutted, and some of the players are gutted. Which I thought was a fascinating insight into the Cork City dressing room. He was suggesting that not all the players really cared or gave it yeah. at all yeah. last night. I just—it was a really interesting comment, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, or, or, you know, I suppose the fact that look Cork City always have that strong cohort of local guys in the squad. Did he mean maybe the local guys? Care more you know were, were some of the guys that have been brought into the side looking at their their way out by, by way of relegation you know um, yeah. it, it is a strange strange thing to say like and obviously you know you can pick out the guys you can pick out the Cork City players straight away who are devastated like I mean look at Captain Keane Coleman um, he's absolutely just he was he was on on his just laid out in the pitch like a full time whistle like a yeah. It it is it must be so hard for the likes of him, you know, growing up, you know, a, a Cork man and playing with Cork City and to be captain now to go back down to the first division like it's 'cause because they I suppose they do probably feel like they're they're the they're the they're the leaders of the club being yeah. from there, you know. Is that what he means? Is it the local guys that that I'm, that,
0: that I'm not sure about it it's a local thing to be honest because if you look back at all the successful Cork City teams, the players that have come in from abroad have bought into the concept of Cork City and have bought in what it means to be, I suppose, a Cork City fan and what it means to Cork City supporters. I'm thinking now of the likes of um, Dan Murray, um, Cork City, Captain Cork City legend, just like he got it, like, you know, he yeah. understood what it meant uh, to Cork City fans. Danny Murphy, uh, another one of those um, players not from Cork, just comes in and gets it. And they, um, look, they are good so,
1: examples, but what I will say it's a lot easier to do that when the team is successful.
0: Yeah, yeah, I suppose that's true as well. But, like, uh, you you have to... Like, when you come to Cork City, you have to want to play for the shirt. It isn't just the job. You want, like... It's bigger than that down here. Do you know what I mean? I mean, like, it's not like Dublin where there's like so many teams, and you can just you, you can spend your career crisscrossing from all of them and just not really caring. Playing at a very very high level, of course, and playing in very very decent teams. But when it comes to Cork, there's that level of passion um, and intensity and pride that I don't think players quite understand. And if you're not playing for the shirt, if you're not playing for the supporters supporters are, don't take kindly to that down here and, and are, are quick to criticise. So if you're not buying into the Cork City project, if you're not buying into the Cork City ideals, then people are going to struggle to get behind you. I think we saw that with a number of players. This, I'm not going to name names yeah. here, but I think we saw that with a number of players this year, that the, the, it, it, the, the passion pride, wasn't there, and it was just, I suppose, a job for them. Um which, and that's, okay, that's they're, he, they're professional. They're like yeah. they're professional footballers. That is their job. You can't expect everyone to like have that pride and passion. But like when you're scouting players, when you're talking to players, you have to get a sense for this is our project. This is our club. This is our city. This is our county. Um, this is what we need from you and like you you get a sense like you know you're going to buy into this and I think that's what they need to do and you need leaders you need big voices in that dressing room I don't think they were there I mean like you yeah. look back to that Corks, so anything of I keep going back to that 2005 team because it's the best League of Ireland team I've ever seen but you look at the characters look at the big voices in that team from back to front you're Mick Devine and Gall huge voice Dan Murray the captain huge voice and run through a wall for you Danny Murphy huge voice Alan Bennett huge voice Joan Gamble George O'Callaghan in the middle of the park huge voices huge characters would not accept the second best John O'Flynn the best striker in League of Ireland history um, not going to accept second best you would Donovan pro Corkman coming up they, they just uh, had everything to prove and he did it big big voice again and you look around this Cork City team and you, fail, you, you struggle to see where the characters are you struggle to see where the big big voices are and that is a huge issue um, and that's why like standards have slipped and that's why they need to Get back to those standards, and to get back to this lads, this this Cork City, you have to give a hundred and ten percent here. Nothing else is going to do, and you have to put everything out there. And this Cork City team, throughout the course of the season, did not do that. And I think a lot of players, when they reflect uh, on their twenty twenty three campaigns, so when they look in the mirror, and they'll say, "I didn't give it my all," and that's why Cork City are relegated. And that is just basically it.
1: Yeah, and that's, a, that's the reason as well that Richie brought in the likes of Dan Murray into his backroom team, I imagine, because he wanted to bring that, that, that sort of a character into the dressing room to try and stoke that emotion in the players. And, like, you know, the, the best thing to do is to bring, bring the guys who almost created that culture for so long at Cork City. Um, and to look, it was probably just too late in the end, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, I think he was like, he said it, he said after not giving Sean McCord as the guard of honour, the, the week long, for some reason that was a week long debate. Yeah. How, like, how get over it, Shamrock Rovers? Deal with it. Move on. It's some sort yeah, of a ghost uh, so of that kick up oh, that yeah. patch of. But he was, he was mo- just trying to build, I suppose, an us versus them mentality, yeah. and that's when Cork City were best. Like I remember Rico giving an interview to, to Corks when mm-hmm. in two thousand and five, when they were beaten, and it was a bad refereeing decision. And he said, "We're being ridden by Dublin. We're being ridden rock solid by Dublin." Um, and that's like that was the us versus them mentality that he was creating. Uh, And he did that very, very well. David Richardson, obviously, just a pro, pro Cork City man. For a dub as well, might I add. Um, Pro Cork City man. He got it. He got that. It's Cork versus, not just like Dublin. It's Cork versus the world. And Cork people are like that in general. Take Cork City out of it. You know yourself, Ed. You've worked in Cork long enough at this stage. Uh, the The way Cork people are. They're very much, it's us versus everyone else. And this Cork City team didn't seem to have that. Richie was trying to, I suppose, foster that in the last couple of weeks you bring in the likes of Dan Murray you bring in the likes of John O'Flynn to try and help that uh, attitude and mentality in the dressing room um, and you try to make that this is us versus them like no one likes us we don't care we're going up against the whole world here Uh, and uh, that's what he tried to do by not giving the Guard of Honour I I saw a lot of um, um, happy Shamrock Rovers fans in Twitter comments last night um, mentioning the Guard of Honour mentioning Aldi Champagne and stuff like that in, uh, in the last week so it, it, that's what Corks need to get back to back to basics back to that us versus them uh, us against the world attitude um, that they should have that they need to have and that's what we're sorely lacking this season and that's what they need to get back to the club next season how do you do that? I don't know I'm not i am scouting yeah. players I'm not in that dressing room every day um, if you have the likes of Dan Murray and John O'Flynn in there from the, the get-go from next season, then, yeah, you, you, you've got big characters, you've got big voices there uh, from the start. Um, so they just need to get back to that. Yeah,
1: or, or does does Dermot Usher and, uh, or do Dermot Usher and, and Liam Buckley show everything out the window and look for a totally new approach? Like, Vinnie Ports was basically auditioning for the bloody roll last night on TV.
0: <laughs> Wouldn't be a bad show then, would he? Um, to be honest, you, like... Um, I'm not too sure as to whether or not they're going to continue with with Richie for next season. Um, um, and uh, Liam Buckley is director of football uh, overseeing everything. I'm not sure what's going through Jimmy Lusher's head at the moment. We're not going to know that unless he yeah. talks to us. And hopefully we're going to ask him we speak to him during the week, uh, whether or not he does uh, speak to us. That's entirely up to him. Um, so it's... Look... I suppose we'll see how the managerial lineup shakes up for the start of the season, what managerial vacancies are out there. I know I they, think what's they... huge
1: though is is that like even if Richie doesn't stay on to be the senior manager that he stays with the club because the the club have lost so many coaches by promoting him to the senior job and then sacking them. You know, like it, yeah. you can't keep losing these guys from the club like it, from from a long-term perspective. Like you can't let Richie Holland walk out of the door like you, you know right. you need yeah, him involved really. in the club like
0: yeah, agreed. Um, and I think maybe this job just came a little bit too early for Richie. Um, like if he had gotten Cork City, uh to, to, to stay in Premier Division football. Might I add, Corksley were only the bobble of a ball away from Premier yeah. Division football yeah. as well last night. That last Shammar Cromer's groundsman has an awful lot of answer for. It was a massive tuft. It looked like, you know, where like um, two holes of turf had joined. <laughs> uh, and it, it just looked like yeah. the seam had just split.
1: Yeah, it was obviously um, so from a kick ball, out or something. Yeah, like he, he yeah, obviously so, fun, so, yeah. yeah,
0: so when the ball just came to Joe Brian with Marsh, like he would have put money on me scoring that, it was that easy of a chance. Um, but just the ball comes in, it bobbles up, and it just floats over Joe Brian with Marsh's foot. And you're like, oh no, this is not going to be Corksley's day. So look, Corksley bobbled up a ball away from Premier Division football. But um, the managerial situation is going to be very, very interesting. Do you go for proven um, League of Ireland experience, as you mentioned, in the likes of a Vinnie Perth? Um, or do you stick with Richie Holland, pro-Cork man, pro-Cork sea man, um, has been there with Colin Healy, has done very, very good job this season under very, very difficult circumstances? Uh, and do you stick with that in the first division see where that takes you? It's very, very interesting to see where it goes and... German usher has a very, very, very big decision to make, and then he has to make it very, very soon yeah, as well because exactly. you need to be bringing in players. You need to be getting players that the manager wants, and you that only has have to two start. months.
1: You know, you only have December and January to, to be starting this yeah. out. Like you know,
0: you need to make that decision by Monday. Like you yeah. like. Players are going to like you're going to need a wish list of players by Monday for what he's going to go and try and bring to the club and, and I suppose uh, I imagine Durman has been thinking about it quite a lot in the build up to what he's got to do in each and every scenario, and what he's going to do at uh, come Monday. So that's going to be very very interesting as to what he's going to do. But he has a very very big decision to make on scene how it's going to go forward into to 2024. Yeah, look,
1: I'm sure we're going to uh, rake over the coals over the next couple of weeks here in the Big Red bench and like that, hopefully we'll be hearing from the club and what the plans are heading into next year as Cork City will look to get back to the Premier Division in 2025. Rory, uh, I'll leave you there. Hopefully you've vented a small bit and maybe you feel a bit better.
0: <laughs> it's been a little bit cathartic, I have to say. That.
1: Absolutely. Great stuff. Thanks a minute. Thanks, bud. Yeah. Rory, there, uh, doing his best to to look back on what was a very difficult night for all Cork City fans last night at Cork City's relegation from the Premier Division and into another season in in the First Division now in twenty twenty four. Um, you've a trip to Tralee to look forward to lads, Uh just to know that you do have to switch at Mallow for Tralee Um, uh, but anyway, look at look. It there's a long way to go. Uh there's gonna be two big months for City to get it there's get themselves in shape to make a, a stab at, at the first division and just try to get out there as quick as you can because you don't wanna be stuck there. Um it's always dangerous to I mean City survived the last time. Just about uh, when they didn't get out the first season, they came back and they were in good shape uh, last last year, and they got straight out so um you know you don't want to be hanging around in there uh it's It's easy to lose your way and and to stay stuck in that division for for a long long time so uh look we'll, we'll have to see what happens um down. news from Parky Cueve down. have won the senior a football uh, county final against Donney's We'll have more on that after the break
0: the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM
1: You're very welcome back to The Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM It's Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock before the break if you missed it uh, we went through Cork City's relegation to the first division if you want to listen back go to uh, we'll have this podcast up afterwards uh, on uh, wherever you get your podcasts or at e, uh f- and uh, just look for the big red bench podcast section um, so yeah if you want to listen back to to all of the uh, reaction to that it will be there alright uh, big news from Parky Cueve Newsistown have pulled off a fantastic double this season they have they have been crowned the Cork County Senior A Football Champions they defeated Doughneys 13 points to 8 and it means that they joined a very select few clubs that will play uh, football and hurling at Premier Senior uh, level next year fantastic achievement by them St. Finbar's Douglas and uh, Blackrock St Michaels, let's say, are are the only clubs uh, that have that uh, going for them at the moment. So incredible achievements for for Newcestown to be to be winning a double at senior A level. It takes uh, massive, massive effort from everyone involved in the club, from the players obviously as well, but the planning and everything that goes into that and the development that's got them to that level. Uh, fantastic stuff for them. Great achievements. Commiserations to Dohenys, of course. I'm sure they'll give it another big go next year. Next uh, tomorrow, then, um, of course uh Kil or sorry, Kilmurray were in were in action today, but tomorrow it's Kilna uh, they're in action against Kilmahill in the Munster uh due in the Munster intermediate uh quarter final club quarter final obviously the winner of it will face the Kerry Champions and the Kerry uh, intermediate final will be contested between uh, David and Potty Clifford's Fossa against uh against Milltown so uh, it'll be a tough test no matter who comes out of that one and uh, obviously as well I'm just checking the uh, the fixtures here uh, for it uh, that game is on in Kilna anyway so that's a home one for Kilna tomorrow at half one and then also tomorrow Castlehaven hosting Kratlo, uh at Parky Quay from half one um, in the senior uh, the Munster GA football senior club championship final the winner of that uh, goes to face Rath Garmock of Waterford and uh, Dingle are in the other semi-final they will play the winner of Clomel commercials are Newcastle West uh, that's also on tomorrow as well and uh, the other side of the football draw so it's Killamarcher versus Kilmahill and it is Grange Mockler Bally Neal of Tipperary forces Moore of Waterford on the other side. Uh the winner between Kilmacsher or Kilmile Hill face either Fossar or Mill or Fossa or and Castlemaine. And uh, the uh, other side of the draw sees Mongrush in the other semi-final awaiting the winner of Grange Mockler neal versus Roan Uh so yeah, the uh, the provincial club championships getting uh well underway now in the past couple of weeks. And uh, hopefully it'll be a good day for both Cork teams in action tomorrow, as it has been today, uh, for Kilmory with their big win. All right, uh, before we get to our chat with um, with uh, the Ireland, uh, Ireland women's pair Adele Thornton ahead of their Eurobasket qualifier, let's hear from... Uh, today's 3pm games and actually first of all let's hear from the ongoing game it's half time Uh, Newcastle are taking on Bournemouth it's scoreless here's Ellen Seabrook
0: well, it's Bournemouth 0, Newcastle
2: nil at the end of a lively first 45 minutes. They've seen the Cherries take the game to Newcastle with Christy Semeno and Cliver all pulling the best from visiting keeper Nick Pote at the other end. Well, Sean Longstaff has arguably had the Magpies' best moment, an effort from 18 yards that was tipped over the bar by Neto. The Cherries then edging
1: this one, but it's Bournemouth 0, Newcastle 0. Yeah, they've just kicked off in the second half of that one. There was lately late drama between Everton and Crystal Palace. Here's Christy Wilmot.
4: Sean Dyches described the game as a fighting performance and believes his players are starting to change the Everton story. It's their third away win so far this season, which is already higher than their total of two in the last campaign. It also marks back-to-back victories in the Premier League for the first time in three seasons. A big three points for Everton, which moves them into 14th on 14 points. Crystal Palace manager Roy Hodgson admitted he's frustrated they couldn't have at least held on to a point, but they must something to improve their home form. The defeat leaves Palace with just one win at home so far this season and down in 12th. Crystal Palace 2, Everton 3. Yeah,
1: Arsenal level on points with Man City at the top of the table after their 3-1 win over Burnley. Nigel Bidmead was at the Emirates.
0: Arsenal go into the international break in good shape and importantly for the fans above Tottenham in the table. Leandro Trossard put the Gunners ahead just before the break with a brave header at the far post that manager Mikel Arteta said typified the spirit of his team. The hope that Josh Brownhill gave Burnley with the equaliser was quickly extinguished by William Saliba, who headed in a corner from close range. Alexander Zinchenko put the home side further ahead with the thousandth goal scored at the Emirates before late on the Arsenal midfielder Fabio Vieira was sent off for a studs-up challenge. For Burnley, it's their tenth defeat in 12 games, but their manager Vincent Kompany said he will keep asking his players to play positive, progressive football. Arsenal 3, Burnley 1.
1: Yeah and then of course the other game was at Old Trafford where Chido's Iogbeni's Luton fell to a 1-0 loss against Man um, United side who needed the victory uh, it's uh uh, 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 to, to say the least, Adam Jury sure was there.
4: It was a far from convincing win by Man United, but when you're under pressure, just getting the three points is always the priority. Luton defended obstinately for long periods of this
0: game and exposed the lack of cutting edge in the Red Devils' ranks. Many opponents this year will find the Hatters a tough nut to crack. But eventually the pressure did tell, and Victor Lindelof's winner should be enough to keep Eric Ten Hag in employment. But for that to remain the case, the performances of United are going to have to improve. Man United won, Luton nil.
1: talking about Ten Hag getting sacked is is insane to me but anyway that's by the by Uh, also tomorrow as well big one in Mallow Uh, Glanmire taking on Monagay in the Munster Club Championship Intermediate Final Uh, big big day for Glanmire. the very best of luck to them and uh, Rory will have reaction to that on the big red bench here tomorrow evening he'll also have reaction to the two other games as well uh, of course in the uh, the Gents uh, games in the Munster Club Championship so uh, it's a big big day for Glenmire so the very best of luck to them and hopefully they can bring home a bit of Munster glory alright let's finish off now by turning our attention to basketball the Ireland uh, team are in action in the FIBA Women's Euro Basket 2025 qualifiers tomorrow they face France at the National Basketball Arena. Tip-off is 5pm. Jeremy McCarthy has been speaking to Ireland captain and Brunel star Adele Thornton during the week.
3: Okay, so it is a real thrill now to be joined here on the Big Red Bench by the Irish Women's Senior International captain, the October player of the month for the Irish basketball misquoted a Super League, and the uh, main one of the main reasons and uh, why Garnebra Credit Union Brunel are top of the misquoted Super League standings at the beginning of the 2023-24 season. Edel Thornton, you're very, very welcome to the bench. Thanks, really, for
4: having me back, sir.
3: Yeah, good to talk to you. Let's, uh, let's focus on the positives first of all, because Gordon Brockard, Credit Union, Brunel are flying it, to put it mildly. Now, I know last weekend, uh, you were defeated for the first time by Kilester, but just before all of that, you had won all six games to go top of the misquote.ie Super League. Um, and that included a very, very impressive derby victory over the address UCC Glen which you won 87-73. Can you give me an idea as to why Brunel have enjoyed such a start, to, uh, such a positive start to this
4: season? Yeah, you know, um, I think after last season we knew ourselves within like the Irish core that we had that we could be really good if we got two, one even one solid American. And this year we've been really, really thankful to get two really good people. And um, beyond their playing skills, they're just two really great girls. And um, so with. Gelling them into the unit that we already had, and Liam is doing an absolutely amazing job at just making sure that we're all, you know, playing for each other and playing for the crest and just playing with a good, like, good intentions and yeah. like in a good. Uh, we're in a really, really good place at the moment with our playing style and how we're playing together.
3: Um, JJ Williams and Jayla Johnson are the two Americans that have come in. What is it about them on the court that has impressed you the most?
4: At their like their tenacity to be honest with you um, I think it's something that has stood out a lot to a lot of people and um, their defensive ability like how long they are JJ you know would be a lot like smaller than other posts but she's so athletic and she's so long that like it, it doesn't bother like their body build might be bigger than hers but she, like her ability to get around people is amazing and Jayla Jayla can do some crazy things with basketball like she's just a real go-getter in terms of scoring and, and they're really tough like you know and they're just Really competitive players, which is what they really why they fit in so well to our team. I think you know we're all quite competitive, but to add two more extremely talented and just as competitive players to the mix, it just kind of took us to where we are at this point in the season.
3: Yeah, that fantastic start, as I said, six wins out of six. Uh, you mentioned the two Americans. You also mentioned the Irish core of the players over there since last year, the likes of Lauren Holman and Kelly Sexton. I get the impression mm-hmm. that the consistency from those players is, has been just as important as the American imports.
4: Oh, 100%. I think, you know, um, and a lot of teams would do that in general. You can't focus on everyone, so they pick out a few. But the girls have been, so, like you said, consistent. Just really, really good consistently. Like, we wouldn't be six, we wouldn't have gone six wins from six if Kelly and Lauren didn't play defense like they always did. You know, like Kelly picks up the the point guard no matter who they are and just puts pressure on them the entire time she's in the game and Lauren has been absolutely amazing to start the season so like you know you can kind of talk about the two Americans but it's like you said it's the consistency from Lauren and Kelly and Katie and Danielle and like everybody else that has been just you know kept us there and like where we won a lot of games you know at 6-6 six and six, there's a lot of games to win but we won them quite comfortably so like you know if you didn't have the consistency from those type of players you wouldn't be winning games like that, so um, yeah, I'm just very lucky to be around
3: such a great group of people. Like, you certainly are. Um, talk to me about the atmosphere in the Mardyke Arena and that 87-73 win over your rivals. To put it mildly, the address UCC Dan Meyer, Because reading about it, um, watching a bit of it online, um, it 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 looked like it was all that's good about ba- Irish women's basketball, but certainly Cork uh, women's basketball. It must have been. Uh, I mean, you've played in quite a lot of big games. You're your captain of your country, but talk to me about just the atmosphere. First of all, the Mardike, and what what the result meant uh, for Brunel.
4: Yeah, you know, I think I I like you said, I've played in a lot of places, but there's nothing nothing like playing in front of a Brunel crowd <laughs> in a derby against Glamour. Like genuinely, it's just the passion that's there is just something else. Um, and this this time round, it was just. It was amazing to be quite honest. Like the crowd were just fully in it and totally our sixth man on the court at all times. Um, you know, we had a lot of people down there and they made a lot of noise. There's one thing to show up to the match and another thing is to support the team like they did, and they were absolutely incredible. And like to be honest, it's it one of the main reasons we won the match because you know, Gammeier will go on their runs and they will score points. But like when you have people shouting at you consistently and they're always there to support, it just means so much and to see what it means to the club, people um, for us to win at the end of the game. You know, Karen O'Leary came up with a big hug and just to see what it means to him, you know, you know you're doing the right thing um, at the end of every game when you give it your all. Um, so it's, it was great for the club and, you know, we haven't beaten Glamire in a long time in the Super League, so, and, you know, that's a credit to them and what they've done the past number of years, but we were just really grateful and really, really happy to get the win over them there now last week.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, it's obvious that, you know, when you went done that consistent run, you seemed to carry that momentum into such an important game. And we've mentioned the American players, we've mentioned the Irish players, but we haven't mentioned you uh, because you are or were the October player of the month for the Miss Super League, uh, contributing an average of roughly just over 17 points, 5.8 rebounds per game and 4.6 assists. I mean, I know we're going to talk about the fact that you're injured at the moment, but up to the point where you were injured, was this the most... Has this been the most enjoyable? It's obvious you're playing really, really good basketball, Edel, but is this the most enjoyable that you can remember in a Brunel jersey, those opening six games?
4: Um, since I've been back, yeah, for sure. Um I think when I was young it's hard to beat the years when I was younger and we were winning cups like, mm. you know, but um I think Super League, yeah, it is. Um it's the most fun I've had and I think last year I know we lost the end of the games was always quite hard but like I had a lot of fun with them that group so I'm just so happy to be honest that the group that I'm that are surrounding me are, are getting the chance to, to understand what it feels like to win at this level because like we deserved it last year and we're, we're kind of you know we're getting what we did what we put in last year I think we're getting the results of it now um, and for it to take so long it's it's hard but like I'm just like you said, I'm just enjoying it an awful lot. Um, the shame, like, like you said, I'm injured at the moment, but, you know, we don't know the outcome of that yet, so hopefully it won't be too long until I'm putting the jersey back on like,
3: Yes indeed and uh, not just the Brunel jersey but also the Irish jersey because coming up on November the 12th um, and there are tickets available if you're interested on ireland.basketball the website there under the ticket section but the Eurobasket women's qualifier the FIBA women's Eurobasket qualifier with the French on the 12th of November is a huge game well every game is a huge game for your country but being captain first of all Adele, um a huge honour for you for Brunel and for your family and your, for your friends obviously let's just assume and stay positive that you're going to be okay for that game how big a game is this for Ireland um, in the Euro basket qualifiers
4: that's huge um, not every week you see France coming to Dublin you know um, they're one of the best in the world consistently uh, they were in the semi-finals of this competition last last time out so it's a huge game for us and you know the calibre of players they have um, no one like the lowest league a player on their roster is playing is the top division in France like they go from the WNBA to EuroLeague Cup. so like the calibre of players that we're going to see on Sunday in Dublin is going to be outstanding um, and we're really looking forward to it, you know, the opportunity to kind of test ourselves against the top, one of the top teams in the world all the time, you know, and so, I I can't wait and it's been something that's kind of been on my calendar since we found out the, um since we found out our group, the game that I've marked, you know, France and Dublin uh, and I, I've been talking to people around the basketball community and you know, we just keep phrasing it like it's not every day you see France and Dublin and whatever, but like, I'm just really excited for our team to put ourselves up against some of the best in the world to see where we, see where we stand in those standings and, you know, we've been focused on them since the guest, so um, it's a really exciting thing and I think for, you know, young girls, but even for young boys and the basketball community in general, like you said, there are tickets available and like, Of course, we we would want as much support as we can get in Dublin on Sunday. But to be able to see such a high talent game would be huge for the Irish community. So I would highly recommend anyone that's available to go see the game just for the talent that's there.
3: Uh, very well put, uh, as only the Irish international senior captain could say it, but on Sunday, November the 12th, the FIBA women's Eurobasket qualifier, Ireland versus France. Tickets available on ireland.basketball. If you go to that website, you'll find details there. Um, Garnborough, Credit Union, Brunel are still top of the misquote of the women's Super League. Um, Player of the month for October, hopefully going to recover in time from the current injury, that you can represent your country against the the French this coming weekend. We will have fingers crossed for you, Edel Thornton. But once again, thank you very, very much for taking the time to speak to us here on the Big Red Bench.
4: Thanks a million, Derek. Thanks so much.
1: Excellent stuff. Best of luck to Adele and Ireland tomorrow against France in that Eurobasket qualifier. That's it for us. Uh, Thank you for tuning in this evening. Rory's going to be along tomorrow. Plenty of sport on uh, for him to bring you and uh, plenty of of club action uh, for car clubs, between club championships and everything like that. Uh, So tune in from 6pm tomorrow. Uh, Stevie G is on the way
0: next. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Ah! Ah! Corks Red FM.